You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? And welcome to an all-new episode of the season premiere of Let's Taco Bout. I am Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude. Hey, thank you so much. This is this is where it's going to be weird because I have a set opening that I always like to say, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but that's not what's happening today. This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you live from Supercon. This is this is really cool because if you're listening to this in podcast form, uh, which I, I got to tell you, podcasting is the greatest visual medium. <laughs> so for everyone here today, you are in for a real show of people looking at microphones in a happy manner or people looking at microphones in an angry manner. Uh, but if you're looking, if you're if you're just listening to this and not present today. Uh, We've got quite the production here. I've got I've got a producer. Like I've got someone who is trying to make it so things sound good. Uh, Casey Kelderman, the the brains, one of the one of the brains behind Backlot Six Hundred Five, running the soundboard, uh, trying to make it so that I don't completely blow up the microphones, uh, which is a problem that I have. But so uh, I'm super excited to kind of kick things off here with this next season. And uh, I am just dazzled by my guest today. Um, this is so okay. I got I got to tell the story. I was kind of like, who who the hell do I get to do a, a super con? Like, who can I bring on that would be interesting to talk to? That would have some kind of like knowledge of of comic books and just be fun, just a fun presence. And I reached out to someone that I usually ask for questions I, I i asked my friend charlie eccles i was like charlie what uh who, who do you think would be good should i try and get a wrestler he's like no have you talked to nerd yet and i'm like i'm sorry what he's like have you talked to nerd yet i'm like well he's gonna be there he's gonna be busy i'm like well what if he's not and i go you make a very good point charlie what if he's not so uh, he, 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 I think he may have reached out to you first yeah, yeah. and put the seed in your ear. And then I messaged you and it was just, it just was kind of like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so, so then I was like, all right, well, this is going to be fun. And then I heard your music and I was like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm going to be speaking to someone who eventually is going to be a mega superstar. <laughs> like, that's basically what's going on here. Uh, nerd. In, how, what's what's the best way to, to say? It? Is it just nerd music or well, nerd it, rock? Yeah, or? so so it's nerdy. Nerd There's D. a dash. Okay. It's like yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, you can find me everywhere at Nerdy Rocks. So N U R D Rocks, like multiple Dwayne Johnsons. It's really easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on everywhere. That's all. Yeah. That's all the places. Yeah. yeah, it's it. You are. We're going to talk about this as we go along. It, I'm going to kind of jump slightly out of my format here because I got I to gotta butter your brand at the very, very top of this because <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away. Well, thank and you. I want to talk about, eventually, I want to get back to uh, uh, 38th and Chicago yeah, yeah. Avenue. Yep, Chicago uh, Avenue. Yeah, I want to talk about that. We'll, we'll come back to that. But that was what kind of put me in this state. I was like, dude, <laughs> how, how, how? So we're going to get to that. What I want to do first 
can I can I can I call you nerdy? Can I call you Matt? You can, can call me call whatever you? you like. Just don't call me late for dinner. Yeah, yeah. you're my crazy. <laughs> people. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you Matt. That's that okay? great. That's lovely, right. Matt. So this is how I usually start off this show. I usually ask everybody the same question. Ooh. What and, and you being a comic book guy? I'm a huge comic. I book feel guy. like you can really give me the answer I'm looking for here. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Matt. Who are you? Right. Where did you come from? Yes. What is your origin story? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So who am I? And it's a very good question for everyone to ask themselves every day when you wake up. Who am I? You never know when that you might not know. <laughs> as long as you're like normally asking a question, you'll know whenever you have amnesia. Because the answer will be like, I'm not actually quite sure. <laughs> anyway, so I'm mad. From uh, Minnesota via Bronx, New York. Uh, that's where I was born. and moved to uh, Minnesota, Rosemont, Minnesota, which is a very small town. Um, much bigger now, but at the time it was like mostly fields and farms. And one Marcus Theater um, <laughs> where I would work for the majority of my teen years and into college. And I started doing hip hop in 2018. Okay. Which was, I was doing rock and roll for a while. We were in a band called Black Genesis, which sounds really metal, but it uh, wasn't. <laughs> um, we were like, what if we did Genesis, but Phil Collins was black instead? And then, and we were like, oh yeah, Black Genesis, easy peasy. And then we just kept getting booked for metal shows. And I was like, hey, we didn't think that through. <laughs> it's a nice prog rock Yeah, show. you know, you know, yeah. Um, but then I started doing hip hop in 2018 and I just fell in love with the genre. I mean, I've always been a listener and obviously I'm, I'm a part of the culture, but as far as like being an artist it's myself, it was very new. And I said to myself when I started, I'm like, I'm going to, I already tried being cool. Like in like the rock and roll circuit, you got to look a certain way. The jeans, not the skinny jeans were not my fit. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. For the first time in my musical world, like really just just be me, and so it was like comic books, professional wrestling, Dungeons and Dragons, all of this stuff. I'm just gonna I'll rap about that stuff. Yeah, if people like it, great. If not, I'll just keep working at you know Love Sack or whatever. And <laughs> it turned out really well. Yeah, people are really enjoying it. Like I got fans all over the world now, which is really crazy. Um, get to do stuff like this, get to be here at SuperCon and do this lovely podcast where everyone gets to hear us and yeah. enjoy it. And um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. The origin is just me going like, well, might as well try it out. <laughs> and here we are. So, okay. So you're you're in this small, you grew up in a very small place. Yes, what, Where's the transition? I think we maybe can start there. Yeah. How do you go from, from Bronx? Like what, what led you from the Bronx, New York yeah. to... Rosemont. Yeah. So when my mom got a job, as least fun as it is, and just yep. like no like prophecy, no star to follow. Like my mom just got a job someplace where it was really better to raise a kid at the time in the 90s. And it was just like, oh, here, we'll go to this random space sure. in Minnesota and we can have a middle class house. Um, we don't have furniture in that house, but we have a middle class house and you get yeah. to go to a middle class school <laughs> and have a middle class school education, um, which was just the reason why I didn't really have a whole say about it. Yeah. I was too little. Right. I couldn't read. You have to reach a certain amount of things on the shelf before you can decide where you want to live. Mom, I don't want to go there. <laughs> like, um, but uh, it was 
it was so weird. And then going from Rosemont, so being in Rosemont, which is for those of you who are listening in Minnesota, you know, but for those of you who don't, um, it's it's like a good like 40 minutes away from the Twin Cities uh, on a good day. And uh, if you don't have a car, you're essentially just there in Rosemont. We had four liquor stores before we had a public library. If you want to know what kind of town we were in. So, so basically small town America. Yeah, yeah. So like think about it. Like anything Bruce Springsteen would have written about, we probably would have been about that. And so um that's kind of like what it was. And um it was interesting because a lot of these small town people didn't have really a concept of like what a black person would be like, especially a black person from New York City. And they're assuming there's gonna be a certain type of way. And I'm like, you know what I like? The musical cats. <laughs> you know what I like? <laughs> you know what I enjoy? You know what I mean? Like, I love comic books and stuff like that. They're like, hey, like, play basketball. I was like, I'm not really good at that. They're like, but I, I guess I'll try it out. And I wasn't. Like, I wasn't sure. good at it. I was yep. all right at football because I was big. Yeah. You know, so, but other than that, I was like, I was more into like the weird, the nerdy kind of stuff. And so when I got to college, I went to college in the Twin Cities and um, kind of expanding my location and my and my horizons a little bit i got to just be like you know what i'm gonna be myself um but i get i, I can still i i love rosemont i give so much love to that place and everybody there is fantastic i go back and speak to the kids like often you know in, in classes and things of that nature so it's always good to give back to where you're from but uh yeah it's just been this expanding journey of like let's see what else i can do with this yeah 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 what's what's i'm curious about that so when you go and you speak in front of a group of kids, because yeah. I think that's awesome, mm. especially for you know wanting to help kids who are kind of, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's it's probably younger and maybe some teens. Yeah, well. it's anywhere between. I've done I've done elementary school talks, which is it's a different sure. concept. You know, they can only give it so much. But then um, I've done middle school and high school talks as well. And like as you as you get into different age groups, like the the message becomes a little bit more more detailed yeah you know what i mean you're like oh hey love what you like find something that you like kids and, and and be cool about it and then it's like hey you know don't worry about what other people are saying like this is a, and then when you're like in high school and then i like, think about getting ready for college and stuff like that you have a little bit more details like hey if you want to be into music here's some things you might want to know yeah. and to learn hey here's some things you might want to look out for both in the industry and within yourself right. participating in the industry and then just like other stuff i've ha- i did a ted talk tedx talk about um the uprising in uh minneapolis uh, that happened uh two years ago now wow that's crazy um well no well, a year and a half ago but whatever um time flies when you're getting shot at uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you are um uh you're talking about that as well especially for a lot of a small town suburban kids that are like living in the state in which that's happening, yeah. but aren't visually aren't like they're there. Yeah. Like to be able to give some context about it and like answer questions and walk people through kind of the myriad of emotions that come with being in the middle of an uprising. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get do you get feedback from that? Do the kids reach out to you? Because I can imagine being that age yeah. and hearing from somebody who is. Because I remember when I was in elementary school or high school, mm-hmm. and we would go to assemblies. Yeah. And the person who would talk, it's some stodgy yeah. middle-aged guy wearing a blazer. Yeah, the anti-bully <laughs> thing. Like, don't be a bully. And sometimes don't, there's puppets. Don't be me. <laughs> Make sure you get a job that's going to pay your bill. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not for 
No, it's usually just really lame. Um, it wasn't anything like that. Uh, I will, at least I'd like to think so. The feedback that I get from a lot of the kids, A, it's one thing to just be some random person, but it's like, oh, wow, this person raps for a living. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so that's already it's piquing some people's interest, even if they're not music people themselves right. the, the concept of that someone could make a living doing what they want to do is is a, is enough to have kids like tune in um but yeah i've had some really amazing feedback from some of these kids just hearing about just like it's okay to be different and like there is ways to make that work for you my one of my wonderful examples so i wrote a song called black kid white town which is on the one of my albums called 38th um and in that i just kind of talk about some of the stuff I've experienced since being there and whatnot. And I remember having a student come up to me after I had a talk with their class and they were, and we talked about how it feels like when you're in school and someone says something to you and nobody stands up for it. And how that sometimes is worse than the thing that the person said, you know, is that everyone's just kind of like, like doesn't want to make the waves right and that's a very midwest thing um and they came up to me and afterwards and they were just like hey like uh and this is completely different They're like oh hey i am bisexual i'm just learning this about myself and someone was making fun of me for that and then nobody stood up for me and it was really sad and i was just like it's it's nice to know that there is like a growth from that and then thank you for talking about that thing because it happens a lot and i think people don't think that that's also a part of like the sadness of it and so then they were very very uh like appreciative of that and it made me feel like okay cool like i am doing the right thing i I, i'm i'm not just that guy who comes in with the puppets and like tells everybody to not be mean I just, I would, I would just imagine that that would be the case. Where it would be like, you know, you see someone who comes in who's not stuffy, mm-hmm. uh, isn't afraid to just tell you from their own life experiences, yeah. and is willing to be a a friendly, listening presence. Like I think that's, you know, I, I wish I would have had that. Uh, I feel like them. more people, more artists should do stuff like that. I know a lot of them do. Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes you don't make the type of music that the teachers feel comfortable with you being around the kids for anyway. Which is a whole other conversation, but like ultimately, yeah, it's it's always cool to be able to give back. It's and it's not like I'm just some guy. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I went to this school. Like I, 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 some of these teachers are still here. Right. You know what I mean? Like so, like I understand when when you when we're talking about what's going on here. Like I'm I'm coming from a place of like, yo, I went, I walked these halls too. So like we are peers in that. And here, let me tell you a little bit of how to make it through a little bit with less scars than I had to. Yeah. Yeah. And which is nice. And I hope it works out. Yeah, for those kids. it's it's funny because when you I <laughs> I feel this on a daily basis because I feel I feel getting older every day. Yeah, I kind of look back on on me at a certain point in my life. Yeah, and I'm like I wish there was somebody there who could have told me this. Yeah, I wish there was someone who could have mm-hmm. told me this. And I think realizing that I kind of feel like when you're put in a position mm. where you can do that, oh so helpful. It's so great. My grandfather said, "If no one did it for you, you should do it for somebody else." And I took that to heart. So I, that's what I try to do because you're right. It's it's so many lessons uh, could just be given, yeah. and then, and so if you have those, might as well just do it. Yeah, and that's how we evolve as a group, as a species. Yeah. Really, is just teaching people what you've learned. Someone had to teach someone else how to make fire, right? Like we have to like do that, and then that way we can be a little bit farther as we go along. And I think we're at a point now where it's a lot of what we want to encourage and kind of uh, let younger people harness 
this is this is of course my bias standpoint is empathy yeah uh, 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 connection with your emotion yeah uh, because it's like you know I remember being raised it's like no oh, no man 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 you're a man you gotta yeah. act this way yeah. and then it's like well, it's not really exactly yeah no like label like labels and like did like people making decisions on how you should react based off of things that they feel like they should be doing is so problematic ultimately so it's like yeah teaching young people to feel their feelings that those feelings are okay and voicing them and everyone being cool with hearing them and like all of that stuff is going to make us all better people going forward, especially, and this is might be like a very nerd thing to say, but as we start like going into space and start getting into the, like the cosmos as at large, we should really figure our own stuff out before we start like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not like, and this is this is maybe very conspiratorial or whatever, but it's just like I don't want the first person that an alien species meets to be some just like toxic person. Like I want, I want them to be more like evolved and understanding yeah. because the universe is so much bigger than the Marvel that we live on. So it's just like the that's one of the only things that we have like a monopoly on is our emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So like we might as well get that stuff figured out now. And then we can race to space <laughs> afterwards. After we were like, "Hey, let's feed everyone yeah. first, yeah. <laughs> and then we can go to space yeah. and be nice to the people we meet there. Right. <laughs> be nice to us, yeah, and then we can continue to be nice to others." Uh, yeah, I've played enough Mass Effect to know that you'll probably get more alien flies with honey <laughs> than get, with you get the better <laughs> Yes, the good acting. <laughs> So let's 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 lighten things up here before we, we make it heavy again. Yeah, I got so, you. So let's go to and you, you dropped a Mass Effect bomb. So that's great. Yes. Where did your love for geek culture and I, I make that in the broad yeah. sense as someone who uh, is swimming in it yeah, on a yeah. daily basis? Where did you uh, uh, pick up that that love and affection for? All things comics, movies, yeah. Video games. I think this is, a, and I and I was doing some thinking about it because I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast today. Sure. I was thinking about that even as I was walking around SuperCon, <clears throat> and it's going to be sound. This is going to sound really weird, and I don't want to. Hopefully, this doesn't offend anybody. Um, but like, good episode, yeah, right. <laughs> when you start off in Sunday school, and I was like in Sunday school a lot as a kid. Um, they tell you stories of these random people who do all these fantastical, amazing things. And they're like, the, you have the good guys and the bad guys and all of that stuff. And I thought that was the most fun. It was so cool and fun. And that just translated over to all of these other forms of media where it's this, basically the same concept. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, there's a person and they can shoot lasers. And this person can like beat an army with a donkey's jawbone. And like this person is can shrink and ride an ant. Like it's all very similar things. Not to like, again, not to throw anybody's no. like Sunday school teacher go to the bus. But like it's really fun. It's really interesting. And I think that growing up submerged in myth and legend and like story is what really got me hooked. So I started I was like watching comic books and reading or watching comic books, reading comic books and watching like cartoons with that stuff as early as I can remember because it was just the most fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Every single one of it. I'm a, I have not subscribed to any one of them 
two major factions. Mm-hmm. I'll say that right now. <laughs> I love Marvel. I love DC. I'm an image guy, a dark horse guy. Sure. I've uh, a manga, anime, the whole nine yards. You won't catch me on one side on any one issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. Was there, even though you're not a not a one side of the, the fence kind of guy, yes, correct. was there a character that, that initially kind of propelled you forward that yes. you really latched onto right away? Captain Marvel okay. and not Captain Marvel Carol Danvers. Sure. Captain Marvel Billy Batson. Yeah. I loved that character growing up as a kid. And um I I think a lot of it was because he just his life was so sad. Yeah. Like if you were like if you remember like the original Billy Batson, he was like an orphan and like his parents were either like they sometimes they were dead, sometimes they were disappeared. Yeah. Um he was like he's like living in squalor, but he still has to go to school. Like there's like no social services for this kid. Right. He has like an uncle that's kind of like skeevy and like just like there to make sure he has like bread and then like leaves him alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but he's so kind. Yeah. And he's constantly like looking for the best in people. And then he gets this superpower where it's just like, oh, hey, you know, you're a good person um, despite your circumstances, which at the time where a lot of people equated your morality to how well you were doing, yeah. like the richer you are, the better you were. Yeah. Like the concept of the goodest person being this poor orphan kid mm-hmm. is actually really like a pretty intense uh, thing to say. Yeah. And Gets superpowers, Shazam, turns into this super person, but is still this nice kid. And I just loved it. I loved it all the time. I loved the costume, yeah. you know, the, the half cape over the side. It was dope. Um, and yeah, I was a, I was a huge uh, Captain Marvel fan for a very, very long. Still am. Still one of my favorite heroes. I'm not a huge fan of the, the 52 reboot turning him into a snot nose punk. But everybody's going to have their heroes. I can yeah. still have the version that I like. <laughs> yeah. What, were, uh, what, what came next for you? So was it your, yeah. your love for comic books? Did that bleed into, uh, you, you mentioned cartoons, yeah. but, but like uh, movies from yep. there and everything like that? How did you just... Yeah, you got a cape, you got a cow. I'm probably gonna watch it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I was, so I grew up in the '90s. We didn't have cable, so I didn't get to watch a lot of like things that weren't on those like three-hour blocks of stuff. You know, so I watched Static Shock. I watched the like when the Justice League was on WB, or sometimes it would like like transfer over. A lot of uh, the Timiverse. Obviously, yeah. I consumed the Batman's, the Supermans, like that kind of stuff. Um, Power Rangers. I watched. When I was allowed to, because it was demonic, so I couldn't watch it when my mom was around. <laughs> but, um, and in fairness, it yeah. was <laughs> like that's the other thing. In fairness, like some of those things were like monster demons. Like she, she's, we yeah. are especially. Yeah, yeah. She's summoning beasts. Yeah, like she's summoning <laughs> monsters. She's throwing her staff from space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know, we're not talking about Power Rangers, but I want to say this one thing. There was an episode of Power Rangers I'll never forget, and. It's because you know it's all like a bunch of like amalgamation of like yep. the old Saban stuff. And, and um Rita Repulsa looks down at Trini uh in her bed while she's sleeping, and she sees a doll, a troll doll on her desk, sends Goldar and the other monkey guy yeah. down to Trini's room, takes the doll while she sleeps, and then goes back up to the moon base, turns it into a monster, descended. Rita could have killed that girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and 
like, like Rita's not Rita had already won at that point. Like she's now doing things just to mess oh, with yeah. the Rangers because she was dead asleep. She didn't even wake up when they were in there. Goldmark to the staff. <laughs> boom! That's one Ranger down, baby. And she knows where they live. And like she knows where they live. She can see them from space. Yo, that's game over. Like there was an episode where. <laughs> where Kimberly comes in with a float and she's like, I worked really hard on this float. This took me six months and da 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 She's very excited. Rita sent putties to come to the school gymnasium and break it and then leave. Like, they didn't... That's so good. That's, like, we can talk about the greatest villains of all time. We can talk about all of that. Nothing trumps 90s kids show villains. They are amazing. It's as if it's as if Rita Repulsa's ultimate goal was not to no. kill the power. No, Rangers. it was to systematically destroy. <laughs> yes, them, make them, them super apart. sad. And guess what? Guess what? They all left. Like they all stopped yeah. being power Rangers oh, yeah. except for Tommy, who essentially just got like all the good stuff. She was like, "Here, I'm going to give you powers," yeah. and then he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll just be a Power Ranger forever now." But like everyone else, eventually was like, "You know what?" These villains are just kind of mean to us. Like they're just at our house. <laughs> oh my goodness! So I'm a, uh, but that's where I started watching all these shows: sure. Big Bad Beetleborgs, being an offshoot of that kind of yeah. stuff. So all anything that was on television that I could watch and consume, I did. And then eventually, when we got cable, then it was like Cartoon Network. Yeah. So then I was on the the whole. I was the floodgates were opened, and yeah. it was never done. I never had to worry about Mash coming on <laughs> and ruining my cartoon fun. <laughs> that's for people who didn't have cable yeah. you're out here listening you're gonna know what i'm talking about because it was that that seed the first, last cartoon fan then all of a sudden it goes and you knew it was done it was time for you to like go find something else to do <laughs> so there you go yeah, i remember that yep <laughs> or it's like, or it's like, oh, here comes growing pains. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't like wanna. growing pains. That was fine, but I'm yeah. a little bit for cartoons. I want more cartoons. Um, you worked in a movie theater, yes, which seems to be kind of the <laughs> rite of passage for so many of us. Yes. What was your What was your movie theater experience like? Rosemont Marcus Theater, the coolest place in Rosemont, Minnesota. As we were, it was I was a stone's throw away from the theater from where our house was, and I remember walking in the first time we had seen a movie, and we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up, so seeing movies was like the luxury thing we did. Yeah. You know, and so going to see a movie was like really, really important to me and so when i walked into the theater and hear all these teenagers it's so cool and they got their little like outfits on little bow ties and stuff and they're like oh you want some popcorn i got you the fresh popcorn all it was amazing it's probably like the like my favorite things ever i just i loved going to the theater all the time and eventually i remember saying i want to work there like i I need to work there like i'm not gonna work any other theater i want to work there because this is the coolest place in the world and so I applied like five times and they never let me get in there. And I was so frustrated. But then one day I came back because I, I would like do it like once every like two months. I'd come in. I'd be like, I want to work here. Yeah. And one day I came in just as someone had quit. And the manager was like, fine. <laughs> like, let me have, I'm going to give you an interview. Kid. Yeah. Like, all right, fine. And so I get in there and I remember one of the first questions uh, my manager had asked me at the time. She said, um, what do you think about people sneaking into theater movies? Yeah. And I said, here or just in general? <laughs> so she was like, here. And I was like, oh, it's super easy here. 
I do it all the time. I, like I said, I, say, I do it all the time. Like I, me and my friends, we do it ev- almost every time we see a movie at this point. And, and she was like, she just looked at me like she was shocked. Like, how can I say that? And I was like, and that's why you need to hire me. Yes. I don't care about them. Like, I will show you all the ways to get in and out of your theater. You think that I'm with them? No, they don't pay me. Like, no, I will turn on every single person I know. Give me this job. I get free movies if I work. I don't need to sneak in anymore. And I will shut it down for everyone else. I will pro yeah, yeah, no, I was a heel turn. I, I, Shawn Michael, kicked my friends through the barbershop window. You best believe it. I didn't care at all. <laughs> it was amazing. I got paid to be there, and I got free movies. I couldn't. I, I, I could make new friends. <laughs> and uh, so I was at the movie theater all the time. I worked there. I loved working there, so I would just work even if I like if I had other something else to do I, I could still go there and work and yeah. saw almost every single movie I could possibly see all of them. I just sit in the theater and just watch them it was a lovely place to be and um one of my favorite uh bits when I was because we were a last theater that had film sure like actual film I don't think there's any I don't think there are very many theaters left in America that actually do film roles so I know how to th- thread a film projector yeah. and um I was threading Avatar like blue, you know, technical thing, yeah. and it's weird. That's, if you're listening to this, you're like, Wait, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I did a thing that you know, you know what I did. Anyway, <laughs> the technical thing, and so that came in nine uh, reels, yeah. huge nine big. It was a long movie, yeah, and it was a long day, and I accidentally swapped nine and six. I actually I grabbed nine thinking it was just six upside down sure. and I threaded it into the movie and then went and gone and got the rest of the movie. And so we're watching it back, thank goodness, before because sometimes we would watch it back with all the staff would watch a, a big movie yeah. that we're really excited to go see. Yeah. And so we're watching this movie, and then all of a sudden in the middle of a conversation, it just goes like battle, like it's huge <laughs> battle, and everyone's like getting stabbed, and we're all like, whoa. <laughs> This is crazy. Like, like this is like this is a weird. That's that's a weird turn. And I was like, but hey, you know, I've never seen this movie before, so maybe that's just like how it was supposed to go. Yeah. And like, because it, it had it was like, you know what we have to do, right? Oh yeah, I know battle. Dan, and I was like, okay, so maybe this is like what they were trying to do. And then after the credits were over, because the credits came after the credits finished, and then it just like went back in the middle of that conversation. <laughs> and I remember going like, oh no, oh no. So then I had to go, we had to go back, thread through the entire movie again, find the spot, get it to a, it was, it was an ordeal. Uh, And that's what it's like working in a movie theater, people. All the people you see behind the counter, giving you popcorn and at the box office and maybe walking around the theater, they're dead inside. They're dead inside because they have to do stuff like that. And so don't be mean to them. They have nothing. They have nothing else. Butter on your popcorn? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, no, I, I don't care. care. I used to, my rule was that if you made a joke about how much butter you wanted in your popcorn, I would give you more than you wanted. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke for me. Because I'd be like, uh, hey, you want, and you want some butter topping with this? And they're like, I'd like a little popcorn with my butter. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, all right. <laughs> 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 And they'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> and then I would scoop another scoop in, <laughs> and then I hand them this soggy bucket and be like, 
Enjoy your show. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that. It wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> Certainly not funny the 90th time. And this is what brings me joy, knowing that you have to scoop your popcorn out with a ladle. That's what I enjoy. That's for me. <laughs> Running out of napkins. Yeah, it's for real. Well, working at a movie theater is, is actually a lot of fun, if you, especially if you love movies. You get to see all tar- different types of movies and yeah. different types of things, which I just I, I think is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was. I worked in movie theater as well. Yes. Uh, my 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 heart though was for the video store. Yep. The video store, but I remember just crazy occurrences. Yeah. That, uh, cleaning a theater, especially. Uh, oh no! You know, hell might be one thing. Oh no! But I feel like cleaning uh, a movie after Hercules, Disney's Hercules. Works. <laughs> I uh, I have uh, man. There was this one time. And I'm, I don't I don't know what kind of what kind of podcast is this? How many like can I say anything I want on this podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just <laughs> I, I have some I have stories about this movie there, but I wasn't sure what I'm allowed Listen, to share. I'm, I'm not swearing because I feel like there's some kind of a rule that I'm not supposed to swear before like six p.m. Yeah, that's fair. But no, if you if you okay, well this yeah. is a story. This is a story uh, for the adults of uh, this podcast, which is very fun for you guys. And then mom and, plug your ears. Yeah, but yeah, everybody. So one and, and I, oh my goodness, it was a. I don't remember what the movie was. Uh, it was some romantic comedy, but it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm working behind the concession stand, and some old lady comes comes up to me, and she's just like, there are kids in my seat, and they're being inappropriate. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I see your ticket? And she's like, they're in my seat. I'm like, ma'am, I, I, they're being inappropriate. And I hear I'm thinking, like, okay, some kids are, like, making out, and she has a problem with it. I'm like, All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Like, I'll co- I will come with you, and we will have this figure- figured out. So we're going into this movie theater. Now, mind you, the movie hasn't started yet. The movie hasn't started yet. This is like the quiz. You know, like the quiz. Like, oh, who was in Starring in Castaway? It's blank Hanks. Like, and so I walk in, and in these seats, and mind you, these are the reclining seats now at this point, because we got them first. In these seats is this small gaggle of children and they are having an orgy and when i'm telling you this i'm telling you this 100 i'm not lying to you i'm not bull i'm not, this is this is no bs it was the most like the most i've ever seen in my life they're just like Ugh. you can't see me if you're listening but it's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own visuals, like, and I was just like, yo! I walked in, I was like, whoa! This lady was lying. I was like, yo! And I said, yo! And, and I was like, y'all need to leave. <laughs> and the best part about that is every. One, almost every other person they oh shame immediately. Yeah. Oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like, oh, we got carried away. Da, 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 da. We'll, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. This one lady, this this young woman, she had no fear. She just looked at me and she was like, What? <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> she didn't even she her hand didn't move from where it was. She was like <laughs> waiting to see, like, why should she stop? And I was just like, and the guy wanted to leave, and he, it was she had him, and 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 I was like, I in that moment I said to myself, I 
am I in the like it was so much confidence that I had to double check whether I was in the right to kick these people out from having an orgy in the middle of a lit theater. I mean, you did buy a ticket. So they did buy a ticket. I'm, I'm sitting there like, well, man, oh, man, you know, like, what am I doing here? Like, and I was like, wait, no, no, you have to leave. And so that is just uh, a smidgen. Yeah. Of the fun stories at the Rosemont Marcus Theater. And I'm sure anybody who's working at a theater will tell you they have a version of people being gross, yeah. people leaving random things in the theater, like just children running around in places they shouldn't be, like yeah. upstairs. Like, how did you get up here? Yeah. Like, ugh. I, I've never known how many uh, places or containers people can put chewing tobacco in. Yes! It's just disgusting. So go if you're going to go back to the movies, I know we're all streaming now and stuff like that, but if you're going back to the movies, and they'll never say this, but pick up your own trash, all right? Like, just if you bought a bucket of popcorn, just take it to the trash with you when you leave. It's They're not going to tell you to do that because they're nice to you because they want your money and they want you to come back. But, like, the reality of the situation is that's the rudest thing you could possibly do. This kid is, like, already has to deal with the puke that's left over from something else, da, 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 da. the least you could do is take the food that you, or, ooh, if you brought something from home, <laughs> you need to throw that away. Yeah. If I throw, if I had to throw, I said to myself, if I throw away one more Tupperware full of, like, refried beans, <laughs> the next, this next showing of Wally is going to be very violent. <laughs> Just like, like, I don't know what you guys are doing in here. <laughs> but you're gonna have to bring that stuff home with you when you leave. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. So let's we're gonna we're gonna kind of gradually transition. <laughs> yes, to to heavier stuff. I'm because talking I, too much. I feel like jumping right into like the the the, the tough stuff is not yeah. the way to go. No, I got you. But I want to talk about let's talk about your music. Yeah, uh, because as I said at the very beginning, holy shit, man! No, like you're you. just I, I I was I was amazed. I was like. How have you not blown up yet? Like just completely blown up. Uh, but it's like, where did where did where did you find this passion? Where did you find mm. this this talent? You said you started with progressive rock, yes, <laughs> Black Genesis, yes, but then kind of found found hip hop. Yeah. Where did like how did how did the music come to? I mean, hip hop has always been a thing that I've been about, you know, listened to and enjoyed as a as a consumer of content. Um, so I've loved hip hop. As long as I could, you know what I mean? As well as, like, funk and other different black media. Um, but I really I really just started writing rhymes and raps and stuff just kind of to keep my writing sharp. Yeah. It's, like, a really, like, I realized it was, like, a really rewarding thing to do. You know, like, oh, I'm going to make this rhyme. You're writing songs for a band. You're still doing essentially the same thing. It's just the sentences you can kind of stretch out a little. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 the very similar. So writing raps cut my mind sharp. And my brother, shout out to Tuvok the Word, by the way. Uh, my brother, he and his friends were all like really into rap. So they would like rap in the basement, like after school. And like I wanted to like hang out with them, so I just would do that too. But I was like, I'm I'm a rock and roll person, so yeah. I'm gonna do rock and roll. But this is fun to do, you know. And um, it was always kind of just like in my head, like, oh, this is something I could do. And so there was a uh, open mic back in, in in Minneapolis. Shout out to Go 95.3 FM. I uh, did an open mic, and I had signed up mostly as a gag, like with the band account. Yeah. Be like, oh, our lead singer wants to, to, to rap. Isn't that crazy? And uh, I got picked, and I did. And I didn't win that first time, 
but I got second place. And I remember feeling like, oh, snap, I love this. This is really fun. And then as the band kind of disintegrated, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to try this then. And then I went back the next season and I won four in a row. Like I just like I just boom, boom, boom. Eventually they just retired me because you can't perform anymore. Like you have to do other stuff. And then I went on to perform with like uh, Tyler, the creator, Jaden Smith, Wu-Tang Clan, like stuff like that. And it's been now, and then also Nerdcore Legends, MC Lars, Mega Rand, Shay for the Dark Lord. Like, I, I, they're all really great, great people. And so it's been a lovely transition from, oh, I'm going to do like, you know, rock and roll and play piano and stuff. And then moving into like, oh, I'm going to be a hip hop person, yeah. specifically a black nerd rapper guy, which is like a weird little thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of the, 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 the kind of music that you do. So mm-hmm. initially, you know, like you said, a lot of it is kind of nerd rap. Yeah. You know, hit, uh, 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 where it's really leaning on on geek influenced culture. Yeah, for sure. Did you, when you were starting off with that, mm-hmm. did you put a lot of your, I mean, own personal experiences in that as yeah. well? Where it was just kind of like, I'm going to rap about this, talk about this, include this because I want people to know about this, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to let my heart kind of... Yeah, it was one of those things that was just like, uh, when you first start out, you're just trying to figure out what works. Yeah, You know, I mean, I just started rapping about stuff I liked, enjoyed, um, making things that sounded fun for me as well. You know, I figured, make music for yourself because there's a chance that no one's going to listen to it but you. So if you're making music for other people, if those people don't listen, then you just spend all your time with music that you don't even want to listen to. You know what I mean? So it was just like, make music that you want to listen to. And then hopefully people will listen to it with you. And so that's what I was doing in those first, in those first instances, I was just like, Oh, both uh, my insert catchphrase here mixtape was my very first thing. I recorded that at various places. It was just on a old stolen shout out to drew stolen snowball microphone that i took from a member of my college like dorm floor and i said i'll give this back and then never did uh not on purpose mind you i just remember coming home one day i'm like this is drew's he doesn't even live in the state anymore <laughs> anyway so drew if you want it back you can definitely have the back if you're liz i know you're a huge fan um but like, um take that but then like i was like recording in like like other people's houses and my in target bathrooms i was like i was trying to make it happen and then um uh mixtape two electric boogaloo i actually had uh, i started saving up money to go do that in the studio and that was a little bit more a bit of it like oh hey i'm gonna talk about some stuff but i'm gonna keep rapping it. and then songs about stuff came out which again put in time to be in the studio and that was like the big first big like i want to say commercial success sure. which was uh it got uh, streamed everywhere and then the pandemic hit you know what i mean um and so November 19th, 2019, I, I quit my job because I'm like, I'm going to be a rapper. I'm finally making just enough money that I can leave my job and pay my rent and, you know, do all this stuff on my phone and stuff. I'm like, yeah. And I remember I walked out of that place. I was so confident. I was like, yeah, take that, Sharon. And, and uh, it was November 19th, 2019. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I was humbled very quickly when everything shut down. <laughs> and I remember being like, uh-oh. <laughs> I should have checked on that before I like, farted on people's desks. I should have really <laughs> should have really gauged if the global pandemic happened. No one was gonna, no one's ready for that. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. So I was just like, 
What am I supposed to do? And so um, then I made Trapped in My Room um, during that time, which was a lot of fun. A call back to me just like being on my microphone because I couldn't go to the studio. And that, yes. uh, in that same year, uh, the murder of George Floyd happened. And as a lot of people who were experienced life at that time, it was a very emotional, very powerful time. And it happened like right where I would, was going to college before. I was like, I was like, I walked those streets. I know that intersection. Like I, I went to get food at this place. Like I know this area a lot. And so I went out with a bunch of people, like everyone did uh, at, at, the, at the 38th and Chicago intersection uh, the day after. You know, and we marched down to the third precinct. Everybody did. And when we were met with the violence of the Minneapolis Police Department in response, it, I think, I had, you know, I had always been like, I had marched for, you know, Jamar Clark. I had marched for uh, uh, Elijah Brown. I, I, I marched for people before sure. this, you know what I mean? Trayvon Martin. Uh, but I was never like, I would, I'd, we'd march and we'd go home. You know what I mean? And, and, but this time I, it was something different. Like, it, I, not to bring the room down too much, but like some of the stuff that we saw in that first day, even that first day, even was like, it's like a, that scene of Band of Brothers, people just like picking up their arm, like walking around, like watching a girl couldn't be older than seven in a cloud of tear gas, vomiting, crying out for her mom, and her mom can't find her. And we don't know who this child is. We're just rushing them to get out of the path of all of these people's running and screaming. Because you got to remember, when they unleashed all that stuff, it wasn't like in an area where everyone was designated to be. It was just a crowded street. People were just like walking around. This was a neighborhood. You know what I mean? So it it really did turn into a war zone really quickly. And um, from there, I started an organization called Justice Frontline Aid, which was us, a group of me and my friend, shout out to Deshan Sanchez, who really stepped up in that way too, who's our current president. And we just were like, they're not sending ambulances. They're not sending people to help. Um, We need to get people help because just like that little girl that's out there, like there are other people who are nothing to do with any of this and are just left out in the cold or the very real people who are just like, standing there saying, we don't like what you're doing, and then are getting pelted with things, not to mention outside parties, you know? So then we started doing that. And as I did that um, for the entire summer and that month and stuff, going out regularly, you know, pulling people out of all sorts of dangers and whatnot, getting shot at um, by police and non-police alike, um, it, it, like, I was like, I couldn't not, write about it as an artist i'm an i am an artist and it's just like comic books and professional wrestling and dungeons dragons are part of my life so was this moment you know what i mean and so then i wrote um the dual albums of 38th and chicago avenue uh 38th being more of like the more raw more like angry stuff and then chicago avenue being like more like the hopeful where can we go from here stuff and I was afraid that no one was going to like it because it's very different sure. than songs about stuff or even mixtape to electric boogaloo. Sure. And because everybody likes to love themselves. Nobody likes to dismantle systematic oppression. Like everyone loves to feel good about yeah. the things they like, but yeah. it's hard to be like, Hey, you know, what's really tough. Racism is a really hard thing to figure out. And it has a lot of nuances. So a lot of people don't want to do that. Yeah. Especially the, the, Venn diagram of people who liked what I liked before and other stuff. So, um, but I was very blessed to see that I got a lot more fans than I lost. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, people were very supportive and they were like, this is amazing. Thank you so much for writing about this. And because of the work that I put in earlier of establishing myself as someone who's just like being themselves and like it was it was a way that people could engage with some of this content for the first time without feeling too judged. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's hard. They're like, oh, I was never a part of this uh, activism before this. And how do I? work my way into that it's like that's it was nice to be able to hear that people found my music as an as an easy way into having those conversations with themselves with their partners with their children with like all this stuff because if your kid loves you know 20 cha or uh, or take my picture or any of the various like pokemon references you're like oh hey the same your same guy that likes this is going to talk about you know what it's like to grow up in a place where he's different than everybody else what do you think about that young child and the young child will say something i don't know sticky because kids are sticky all the time but like yeah like it's it's it was nice it was nice to be able to do that and i can imagine too that there's also a very organic feel to it yeah because it's it's still you yeah yeah, yeah. Like it's still you you haven't changed mm-hmm. nothing about you has has changed who you are as a person except for the fact that now you're kind of forced to confront these yeah. things, mm-hmm. and how are you wrestling with that? Yeah, and I think that that shines through in this this music. Was it like a was it like an explosion where everything kind of came to you at once, or was it kind of like you know I'm writing this, and then it's like wait, I got to yeah. stop this one. I got this idea. Yeah, it was more of the latter. I think it, as I experienced different things, both positive and negative, like things would like bounce back and forth. You know, what I mean, when I got arrested um, outside of our state capital providing first aid, I remember I was real heated. Yeah. So I got some of like, like the more hard-hitting stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write this. Da, da, da. But then when you see like people taking care of each other, when we were doing the food drives and people were like sending in food to the communities and we we're driving them out to different places, you feel more like, oh, no, we got this. Like, like oh, no, people are good. We're just fighting a system that's bad. You know what I mean? So it was just like, it was this kind of like, Every time I felt one thing, I would I would rush to the paper to do this. But then I was like, oh, I'm feeling this other good thing. And da 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 Perfect example of this feeling was when we were out on the street, when uh, Derek Chauvin got uh, sentenced. You know what I mean? And everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. This is so great. But seven days earlier, uh, a man by the name of Dante Wright was murdered in, in the Brooklyn Center. Uh so it was just like, and we're still fighting that. They're like, we were still out on the street for that. So it was this weird mix of like, this is good. This is a step in the right direction. Also, we still have so much work to do. And that's how both of those albums, if I could, if I could ex- encapsulate those projects in like a sentence, it would be like, there is still, this is a good step forward. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, so you're, you're there. You're living still in, yeah. the, in the middle of this. And I think we, outside of that bubble, mm. we're, we're not exposed to it. For us, it, it sure, certainly seems like the way that the the media that we kind of mm-hmm. are ingesting is like, oh, well, he's been sentenced. Time to, Time to go. Yeah. What's it like now? What are, what are, what are what's <laughs> the feeling? I mean, and there's got to be still yeah. frustration. It's unlike the sentence. Like I said, the sentence was great. I cheered, you know, I, I shed a tear, but we were still had a march that day. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like we weren't even done. That that wasn't even the end of our day. Yeah. Like we still had stuff to do, um, as, especially as my team that was like making sure people weren't getting hit by cars, like doing a lot of the marshalling and a lot of like the, hey, you know, like maybe you should 
go this way instead of this way because you're not going to be able to get through here. You know, like all that stuff. Um, it was. It was. It, it, it's kind of like this bittersweet concept. Like obviously, you wish this wouldn't have to happen at all. And that's still the fee. That's still the feeling out there. Now, um, it's kind of simmered to our back to our regular scheduled programming. There's still marches. There's still events. There's still protests that happen. George Floyd Square still exists, uh, op uh, operating as like an autonomous zone, like where pe the, the community is in control of this particular area. Like it, the, none of that went away. It's just not sexy anymore for the news. So like, they have other things to talk about. So they, they'll talk about all this stuff. Up. And we're not, the buildings aren't burning anymore. So it's like, the the news coverage has kind of shifted, but it's still very much like an uprising area to live in. Um, and I always tell people, like, yeah, we just be aware, be conscious of what's going on, understand where you're getting your news from. Because I talked to people who were so surprised some of the stuff that I was telling them from a firsthand account, and they were like, "What?" But the news were saying this, and I was like, "Okay, yeah," but I was on this cross street on that day and from all day and none of this happened like this happened but none of this happened and uh so yeah reach out to people that you know in the area where you want to learn about and you'll probably get more information than any just one news outlet that sends a sends a reporter out there for like, like 20 minutes and then leaves <laughs> for your the the organization that you started yes are you taking volunteers taking yeah donations? The <coughs> plug it, plug it. Tell, yeah, tell so Justice you. Frontline Aid, aid. So you can find us everywhere, justicefrontlineaid.org. Um, and we we accept volunteers. So if you're listening in the Twin Cities area or or Minnesota or anywhere close, and you feel like you just want to come and help out for things like that, you sure can. Uh, you have an email there with sign up sheet. We can we can get a hold of you. We can get your information on that process. We also take donations. We are a nonprofit situation, so it's. Whatever comes in goes right into the community. Um, nobody gets paid. I don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. We're just literally just there uh, working to make sure that people are safe when they're out doing protests yeah. um, or just any sort of things. We've, we pay for people's medical bills if they get hurt, like things of that nature. Like that's kind of like our bit. Yeah. Um, I remember this poor girl. Her name was Grace. She's a beautiful young lady. And she had gotten shot in the face with a uh, non-lethal round point blank like as close as i am to you um wrecked like her face her eye like red and she got pulled into this basement where we were all hiding because there was a bunch of people out that night and uh that's a longer story but the first thing she said when we had our nurse take a look at her was like i can't afford stitches like not my eye hurts not like what's gonna you know not what's gonna what am i gonna look like you know what I mean? Did it? Her first thought was like, I can't afford stitches. And so the donations that people bring in is for stuff like that. We were just like, here you go. Like, go to the, like, go to the hospital, get fixed up. You're not going to pay a cent for that. Like, we'll do that. And so that's the kind of stuff that you could do when you help with Justice Frontline Aid. So go to justicefrontline.org and it'd be super awesome. Anything you give is amazing. Yeah. I could... <laughs> I feel like I have a conversation with you <laughs> about life for hours and yes. hours and hours. This is the point where I usually remind my guest, hey, you know we're doing a movie podcast? Yeah, <laughs> there's movies. Of, it's always kind of like, you know, I want to, and this is what I find so so fun about this format, is because 
I want to talk to you about you. Yeah. And then the one thing that we definitely share, no matter what experiences we go through, mm-hmm. is a love for movies. Yes. Uh, so before we, we talk about our featured movie of this episode, I want you to plug your music again. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I don't know why my mind was blown. Maybe it's because I don't listen. I don't really listen to anything anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not, my music knowledge is just kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't have that. so when I was like, I'm going to listen to this and I was like, what? what? <laughs> so, so plug you, let yeah. people know where they can find you because I want everyone else to feel that, 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 that explosion of the brain. I love that. I love, I love uh, the undersell there and <laughs> hopefully everybody's enjoying it as much as you did. But no, really, honestly, I every every follow, every listen really does matter as, as an up-and-coming artist. It really does help. So you can find me everywhere, social media-wise, at Nerdy Rocks, N-U-R-D Rocks. Um, that's TikTok, that's Instagram, that's Twitter, um, that's all the places there. That's LinkedIn, if you want to listen there. Um, you can find me there. You can also find my resume. Yeah, you can find my resume if you want to hire a hip-hop <laughs> artist through LinkedIn, which I assume everyone is doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got picked up for a year, I guess. I don't know. Either way. Um, but also, uh, Nerdy, so N-U-R-D when you're streaming on stuff. If you go to iTunes, uh, Spotify, Tidal, a Deezer, if anyone's using Deezer, um, you can find me there. And yeah, every follow, every stream, it really does those those sense of ascent really do does add up. Yeah. And uh, but more like more than anything else, those numbers really do help kind of legitimize you when you kind of walk around and be like, hey, like people want to listen to me, and then people were like, oh, cool, come to Supercon. I'm like, oh, thanks, <laughs> and it's full circle. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm. I'm when we're done talking about this featured movie, yes, uh, I'll have you plug your stuff again. Because yeah, really, it's just uh, chatting with you. Is I'm, I'm having a blast. And we ain't even done yet. We ain't even done yet. It is time for the featured movie of the week. Wow! And this week's movie is the 1999 yes loser superhero uh, uh, action spectacular that was supposed to be covered by Backlot 605 until they realized it is actually it is based on a comic book property it is no just just saying Casey uh, <laughs> mystery man yes oh. so I'll start off by telling you my my experience with this movie before I, I want to know how you first came to this movie yeah i saw this movie in theaters uh the weekend that it came out my brother and i went to the mall uh <laughs> saw it at the movie theater in yes. the mall and we were just like i i feel like and this seems to be the case with a lot of movies like this yeah. i feel like i was fully on board and my little brother was kind of like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was uh it was a combination of the cast yeah, uh, uh, Paul Rubens is still my favorite in this movie. Yeah, like, the, the spleen is just, and you know, and I am, <laughs> I am not like, a, like the biggest fan of fart jokes, but there's something about the the craft of his fart jokes. Yeah, it wasn't even. Jokes. It was oh, it's top notch fart jokes. It is the Dijon mustard of. It is the gray poupon of fart jokes. Yeah, this is but, as high as it gets, people. Yeah. But I love it. Like, I just, I had a really good time with it. And I think, you know, I feel like over the years, a little bit, it's kind of like that, that, that sheen of it has kind of washed off a little bit. Yeah. But there's still that part of it that I'm like, I like this movie. Yeah. I'm always going to like this movie. And 
if I would have gone to school just a little bit longer, I could have been Professor A. Heller. Oh, wow. Oh, my but, goodness. But no, I, I stopped at school because oh. it's too long. It is. It is. But tell me, tell me, what are your what are your first experiences with the movie? How did you How did you come to find Mystery Man? I don't even remember sure. when I first saw this movie because in 1999 I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters, or they wouldn't have let me go. Um, I think I remember from the video store. I think that's when I think this is the first time I saw. I picked it up from my local Blockbuster or local Video Express. You know, one of those other video stores. You know, yeah. and. I picked it up because it had superheroes on it. Yeah. And I had never heard of the Mystery Man. I've heard of almost every superhero at that point. And I was like, well, I've never heard of Mystery Man. And it had Kel from Keenan yeah. and Kel in it. And I was like, oh, dope. This is everything. And I didn't even know that was Pee Wee Herman until like later as, as, as I continued watching it. You know right. what I mean? And so here I am watching this movie. And it is so good. And it is as a kid, I'm like, this is amazing. I want all of this. They're so weird, and I was I was totally on board. And then I, I and I remember watching and watching and watching watching a bunch of times. And then I picked it back up, uh, not too long ago. Maybe like I, I saw it on FX or something. Or I don't know. And I watched it again as an adult, and I love it even more now <laughs> because now I have others. I have like good superhero movies to compare it to like you have like this like this experience of all these other movies that you've seen and it's like this is everyone talks about parody movies right everybody talks about like guardians or whatever like subverting the genre of superhero movies and stuff like this this did that before guardians was a thought like you want to talk about like oh oh marvel they took a big risk on these weird characters that nobody knows about this is the mystery man people the spleen's power is that he farts and it is so bad <laughs> you will be unconscious if you smell it and he can direct said farts across distances oh my goodness <laughs> it is the best waffle man dane cook a young dane cook is waffle man the waffler golden crispy bad guys are history like i remember that in my brain <laughs> What's a man? It is, uh, it is just, it's so good. The, the powers are interesting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like weird, the kind of powers that you don't think about until like you watch like the Misfits. You remember that, you know that show, the Misfits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's like that, like the bowler, uh, Janine Garofalo with the power of being able to bowl a bowling ball, but that bowling ball has the skull of her dead father that f- moves the bowling ball independently of her after she throws it. <laughs> and it comes back to an old bag at the end, like an old double bag. And then, oh, I'm going through all these powers yeah, now. Um, you have uh, the blue Raja, who doesn't have any blue on him, mind you. <laughs> and he throws silverware with with incredible accuracy so forks and spoons but not knives specifically not knives because in his own words i'm not stab man i'm not knifey boy <laughs> so he'll throw a fork and a spoon and a ladle but he won't throw a knife Ar- arguably probably like the better thing to throw you have mr furious ben stiller my like, the, the Ben Stiller playing Mr. Furious, who is a man 
gets really angry and he supposedly has superpowers when he does this, but there's no proof of that. He's just pissed. He's just angry. He's just so mad. They talk about, like, the movie talks about things that he did off camera at one point, but there's no proof of that. It's just, it's just like, oh, I just get really mad. It's Ben Stiller on the hood of a car going, yeah, (laughs) pounding his fist on the hood of the car and just going after the decal with his, like, fingernail. And then you have the shoveler. We already talked about the spleen, but we have the shoveler who, who, um, mind you, was, was probably at the time. The, in the first ever interracial relationship on movie screen that I saw that wasn't about them being in an interracial relationship. Yeah. He just was, his his wife was black, yeah. his kids were mixed, has nothing to do with the story. It's just, they just were. It just is. And his, his power is that he, in his own words, I shovel well. <laughs> I shovel very well. <laughs> So he has a various amount of shovels. In the comics, the shovel is magical. In the comic, in the comics, the flaming carrot where all these characters come from, his shovel is magical and it can talk. But in this, it doesn't. It's just a shovel. He has a shovel. He has one of those garden little hand shovels, and he just does. He does. He has various shovels, and he will. Yeah, block and attack. (laughs) And then you have uh, the Sphinx, who is very mysterious, and he can cut guns in half with his mind. Those are the two things he can do. Be very mysterious, which is the power, yeah. <laughs> and, and then cut guns in half with his mind. And you're not even sure if the second thing is a thing. Uh, you have to watch the movie. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, you have to, you're not even sure if that other thing is a thing. You just, you just, that he's very mysterious. And then arguably one of my favorite powers in the movie, Kel Mitchell, Invisible Boy, who has the power to be invisible only when no one is looking at him. <laughs> And if you look at him, he will be visible. That's it. So if if he was invisible in this room, if your eye scanned the room, he'd be visible to everyone. (laughs) Because as soon as you get out of his ocular bend, he's he's visible again. That that power leads itself to the best scene. Yes, it's the best scene of the movie. Oh man! So this show, this this, and it was what it was about. It, it was about a group of these misfit heroes in this Batman and Robin esque world. Like, mind you, so it's not it's not like a, a, a dark uh, Justice League, like a like a Zack Snyder or whatever. Right. It's like a Batman and Robin like let's goals. kick some ice like world of superheroes, and these are the not even the. B League. These are like the D-list superheroes. And they are losing a lot because they're just they're not real superheroes. And they're just guys with shuffles. And they just and and um and to give you the hook of the movie, these D-list superheroes end up discovering a plot to destroy either take over the city or destroy the world. And, and, and I gotta remember it's probably both. Um, to take over the world or to uh, hold the city hostage yeah. by this machine that could destroy the world. Yeah. Uh, they discover this plot and they, due to a very unfortunate accident, become the only ones in the superheroing world yeah. that can do anything about it. Yeah. And um, it talks about like corporate 
like corporate taking over superheroes before the boys before all of these other movies talked about like well what if a superhero was getting paid by pepsi like that kind of conversation was happening in this movie like they were talking about what it means to be a hero and is it all the stuff you get is it all the like the prestige and blah, 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 blah. our heroes just feeding their own ego as we see in this movie i'm not going to give things away but that's a very big part of why they're in the position that they didn't do in the first place and like the corporatization of hero work and ooh, it's good yeah it's very good it's very funny all the characters are very likable and uh loving and it gives good montages training montages it's a classic late 90s movie with that aesthetic, yeah. you look at the costumes, yeah. they look like that. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> like, it, it's the kind of thing where you absolutely will not see this yeah. now. No. Because everything is so focused on mm-hmm. image. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah, cool. yeah. This is not. It's not good. The, the and, costumes are bad. Yeah. Look at them. They're and, bad. <laughs> and when, they get the, when they get the fancy costumes, it's basically their old costume, but shiny. Yeah, man, it's just worse. Because they're not, they're not good people. They're not the take my glasses off, put my hair down, and now all of a sudden I'm a, I was a beautiful, beautiful flower all along. Yeah. No, they're a bunch of dweebs, yeah. and they got money to get dweeb costumes, and they just went all out. They have no concept of like, like tact or anything. They're just like, give me, just look at these, look at those boots. Look at the spleen's boots. For those of you who are listening, the spleen has like platform shoes that are at least three inches. <laughs> it's unnecessary. It's it's bizarre. and a cape. He doesn't even fly. None of them do. No, no they don't do any of it. <laughs> they drive around in like a wiener mobile or something. <laughs> it's so vul- it's, it's this old beaten down yeah, like, like Winnebago. Yeah, it's just like and they just like yep, yep, that's what we do, and um. It's very, very good. There's never going to be another one. You'll never see a sequel. I don't think they could even make the movie anymore because A, properties are so, like, we have to make sure it's perfect. Yeah. We can't leave out any random detail. or Like, this movie was just literally made for fun. And uh, if they tried to make a mystery man now, I think they'd try too hard to make it funny. The what makes this great is that like no one's taking it seriously, yet it's played very serious. And oh, it's uh it's so good. Yeah. There there are some side like the, the central plot, of course, follows yes. this, the foundation of this team mm-hmm. and how they have to go from being this ragtag group of misfits yes. to somehow saving the day. Mm. But there's a the, the the thing that kind of puts everything into focus is that you do have this one guy who is a superhero. Yes, he is your Superman figure figure, corporate sponsored. You yeah, know, big deal, Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> name. His, his thing is, I mean, he's a he's a dick. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a, he, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. <laughs> he's the worst dude. Yeah. And so he's losing, like he's he's he beats everybody, mm. and he doesn't have anyone to fight anymore. Yeah. So he and his agent come up with a plan to kind of help free one of his greatest foes in order to drive up sales. Yeah, yeah. Like in order, so he's like, well, without major villain, that's what his agent literally says. It's like you have no one else to fight. Yeah. Toy sales are going down. Like you've you've you have uh, 
brought about citywide peace. Congratulations. Uh, now nobody cares yeah. about you anymore. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you're going to run out of money. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, well, what about this guy? Let's release the most dangerous man I have ever faced ever. <laughs> <laughs> because I want, you know, I, my bottom line for this quarter is going to be a little low. And I and, and that's what the kind of stuff they were talking about in this movie. Uh, and where that greed gets you and all that other stuff. And then the concept of following your dreams. Mm-hmm. Like like I said about the, the, the shoveler. <laughs> the show, the name. Um the shoveler has a wife and kids. Yeah. And like and, and he's going off like risking his life every night for something that's not paying him. No. That's not like doing anything for him other than taking years off of his life, really. And his wife is like legitimately concerned. And, and I remember he because he says he's like, Linda, I sh- I shovel well. I shovel very well. And she takes him by the face and she says. You shovel better than any man I've ever known. <laughs> but that does not make you a superhero. <laughs> and it wasn't played for laughs. It's played like she's pleading with her husband not to go out and get himself killed with this shovel clip. Like in this movie, where she were up for a nomination, this would be the moment where they're like, yeah, like what? <laughs> superhero, and he's like, I am a superhero. I gotta protect my family. Like kids, these are why I go out. My kids are why I go out there and fight all this crime with a shovel. Like, like, <laughs> like I have to protect the world. It is so great. And then, uh, then uh, Ben Stiller's character's transformation from yeah. being just an angry white guy <laughs> to being a an angry white guy, but like you know, with a heart of gold, heart of gold <laughs> like for a reason, like in a direction he aims it, right, like right. out, like we all should do a story of like using your privilege for good. <laughs> like he's just like I'm angry, yeah. and then the blue Raja getting his mother to accept him as a as a weird superhero when she hands him. Like the family cutlery for like, I was saving this for your wedding, but I don't feel like that's going to happen because you're a weird guy. I want to show you my support. Here you go. And then he uses the fancy silverware to like help beat the bad guy at the end. Oh, it's, it's. Everything comes full circle. Nobody feels not used. Every single there's no Hawkeye in this group, mind you. Every single person was integral to getting them where they needed to go. They all serve a purpose. They all do. That's something where you know. Listen, I love the Marvel movies. Me too. And, and I feel like they're doing they're doing great work. Yeah. But sometimes, as you said, yeah. there are characters that are kind of left in certain chapters to kind of. Just kind of be around. Yeah. yeah. Fill the void. No villains. Everyone's used. used. It's perfect. This is, this is uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the Dungeons and Dragons party you want to be. The mystery men is the team that you and your friends are. Like, just a bunch of losers running around farting on guards. And I throw gas. I throw gas. I'm going to chuck my fork at the dragon. And I was like, really? Not the knife? No, the fork. I'm going to hit him with a spoon real quick. I'm going to hold the door open with a spoon. Yeah, like that's that's who you are. We're all okay with that. Let's learn, embrace it, become the mystery man is what I'm saying. Yeah. Be invisible until, <laughs> until anybody, <laughs> anybody looks in your direction. So, so I want to I address one of the rumors about this movie. 
yeah. Hit so me. there is there is a rumor that I know I, I'm sure it's been disproven. Yeah. Yes. But the rumor for a long time is that Kinka Usher, the director of this film, doesn't exist. Yeah. And that this movie was actually directed by Tim Burton. <laughs> and and I watched this movie mm-hmm. and I watched it again and I'm like, no. Like no, it's, this no. is this this isn't a Tim Burton movie. No. Like this is it Joel Schumacher would be the ghost director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. This is this is Batman Forever. This yes. is Batman and Robin. Like this is Camp Camp with Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Like, but camp Burton with with, with uh Camp with enough wherewithal. Cause you can't do camp okay, you can do camp with anything, I should say. Sure. Well, well, I like what you like. But like you can't do camp with characters that are too serious mm-hmm. because then it just seems like then you can't be serious with yeah. them. It's like you watch the Adam West Batman now. It's a comedy now. Yeah. But when it was on, people thought there was like, there's, there's a serious stakes yeah. going on. You know what I mean? Right. It's for these kids. But now we're looking at it going like, oh, the bat 2C, whatever. <laughs> but like this movie, because the characters were nobody, mm-hmm. when they were silly, it was fine. Yeah. Because they were really silly people. And then when they were serious, it felt as if, yeah. like, oh, wow, like, they're, this is really important to them, yeah. obviously. The scene with his kids and his wife. Like, you know he's a silly person. He's a shoveler. It's, it's, it's right in the name. But, like, when he has these moments of, like, I need to protect my children from the horrors of the world, and I'm just some, like, blue-collar dad with a shovel, and if I need to hit villains with a shovel to keep my kids safe, I'll do that. Like, it actually has weight because the characters are silly in the first place. We are Groot. That sentence in the first Guardians of the Galaxy meant something because there's this tree guy. He says, I'm Groot. That's all he says. It's really funny. Everything he says is, I'm Groot, until they throw that we on the front of it, and suddenly you're in the theater crying, and you're wondering, why am I crying? Why do I care what this tree has to say? Well, because he's a beautiful creature. It's, it's, it's really sick. so. Like when you look at Batman and Robin, right? You can't do that with those characters because we started off with Michael Keaton punching like people in the asses, <laughs> all serious, ripping off his rubber mask and his crazed face. Yep, yep. <laughs> you want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get like a weirdo, and then it just turned into like Let's kick some ice and <laughs> bat credit cards and like. <laughs> Oh man! Now, and and mind you, I think that that movie is fine on its own. It's dumb, but it's it's fine, I guess. I I uh, someone explained to me that the Batman movies are the first two movies are actually Gotham, and then the next two movies are actually set in a theme park around the what happened yeah. in the real Gotham years <laughs> later. Like, and it's just like, oh, that's why they don't look the same. Because the actor, they just hired another actor yeah, to do it. Yeah. It's Michael Keaton in the first two, because it's like, he's the real Batman. And then it's just like, oh, all right, everybody come and look at these crazy characters. Oh, I get to be saved by Batman. And Batman comes in and does the bid. And that's why they have like like a like a 21-year-old person being Robin, because yeah. it's like, all right, I'll hire him to do the bit. And like he's doing all the flips and stuff. And that's why it's so weird and campy and ice skating people in the museum. It's like it's a show. You're we're all on the other side of the show. <laughs> so we're, we're watching this. We want to see the exploits of, of Batman. Yeah, and that's why they have product placement, like credit cards and nonsense like that. It's because that's the world now. Mm-hmm. After Batman did all that crazy stuff with the like that weird 
penguin guy. Like, yeah. like we have to like make this better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How, mm. do we, how do we make this entertaining? Oh, for real, for real. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, Mister. Yes. Let's talk about Mister. This is this is the movie that brought us all. Smash Mouth's All Star. Yes, uh, this is where it came from, people. This is why we have that that song in the cultural le- le- yep. uh, uh, lexicon. Thank you. Not 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 the not, ogre movie. Not not the ogre uh, movie. This, this is <laughs> not the ogre movie, which I have a lot of problems with. I could have put that. I will just say this: the theme of that ogre movie is that true love only happens when the colors match, and I'm gonna t- I'll say that every day. <laughs> All right, all right. They were in love back when she was transforming back and forth. Why has she got to be this way now yeah. that they love each other? She could have just kept transforming back and forth. She was fine. He was fine. Y'all, that's some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the donkey and 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 dragon relationship was played for laughs. Oh, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Right. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's just me being Shrek upset about. <laughs> that's me coming at the Shrek fandom for no reason. <laughs> Listen. That, that's a philosophy I live my life by. Yeah, yeah. Go, go after the Shrek fandom on a daily but, basis. But All Stars, like, like Smash Mouth All Star, yeah. came from this movie, yeah. and everyone needs to acknowledge it. We wouldn't have that without this. It's a brilliant song. They had a lovely scene. That's where the Waffler shows yeah. up to. No, no, that's at the end, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Waffler's in there, all the ballerina man. The penciler, like all of these crazy characters. The music video for All Star borrows moments from this movie. From this movie. So it's like, yep, Shrek was like super big, and I get it, and everyone's cool, and you can like that. But all I'm saying is that mystery, if it wasn't for Mystery Men, you wouldn't have that, children. So just be happy that Mystery Men exists. Embrace your super. Embrace your superhero. Superheroes are here for everybody. Even the even the ones that fart at people like a sniper rifle. <laughs> um, what what are what are your favorite scenes from this movie? Like, what are the scenes that really stand out? Yeah. If you had to pull someone aside who's never seen this movie, yes. and you're going to say, "Listen, I want you to watch this. This is my this is my celebration. Yeah. So my scenes would probably be um, the the cookout orientation scene yeah that whole montage of like the various like they said the waffler ballerina man the penciler like all of these crazy superheroes coming up like i'm here to like try out to be a part of your superhero team and it's all of these just dumb dumb people (laughs) um that it's 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 the one of the best parts of the movie because it really highlights like just like how goofy all of this really is and um so there's that. I think that scene is really great. I think, and I don't want to, okay, this is spoilers. I'm saying, spo- this is 1999 now. All right. But I'll give you a spoiler warning because maybe you didn't know, and that's fine. But this is a spoiler warning, so jump off from this. The scene where uh, Captain Fantastic has gotten captured by uh, Von Frankenstein yeah. and the team... <laughs> of mystery men accidentally kills him. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. It goes from this like really fun like ha 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 and then he gets hit with this laser which literally turns his body inside out and they don't hide anything. Like they just his his insides are on the outside, his body is a charred husk of intestines, yeah. twisted faces and 
that's in the first act. That's like the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, holy buckets. <laughs> and like, and like if nothing is going to drag you into a movie like, well, what are we going to do now? It'd be like if Jimmy Olsen and, and freaking uh, Perry White accidentally kill Superman and they're like, Doomsday's coming. <laughs> Get at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, come on, come on, buddy. Like, get your shovel, get your shovel, get get to hitting it with the shovel. (laughs) That 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 scene, the whole like, he's yelling at them. They're trying to figure it out, and he's and he says, "You're stupid. You're a moron." And then they kill him. (laughs) You're just like, ah. It's a fantastic like, it really scene. Just, it, sets it sets up like, the whole movie for going forward, being yeah. like, "What are we gonna do?" Yeah, like the big, the big, the one who saves the day is gone. What are we going to do? Yeah. So I like that scene. I like the 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 other scene, and then yeah, I I think it's only because I really do have that whole thing memorized. Yeah. Is um <laughs> when she the, when Shoveler and his wife have that last like, I'm gonna ride off in the sunset. I'm gonna go fight Victor von Frankenstein. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to save the world with me and my friends in this Winnebago, Winnebago and yeah. I have my shovel, and I'm I'm just here to, like, like pack some sandwiches. Yeah, that's what it was. He was there to make some sandwiches for the first – that just was white bread. He, that's all it was. He said, like, am I going to eat this egg salad sandwich, or am I going to go home and say – and he, he makes sandwiches for the team, and his wife asks him, please don't go out there and get yourself killed. Like, you're not even the police. You're literally just a guy with a shovel. And he's just like, I shovel well. I shovel very well. And I said, that's me. That's that's who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just running out there with a shovel, man. Like, this is better than anything. This last year, with all the stuff that we were talking about earlier, with all the crazy ups and downs, this movie is more like that than anything else. It's just a bunch of people. With no real power to speak of, being like, I guess we're just gonna throw forks at things. Like I don't really know what to do. Yeah. Someone grab a spoon, and this guy's this guy's got a lot of gas. But but <laughs> they're, they're they're driven. They're driven by, by the want to do good. good. They want to do good. They're all they're they're good people. Uh, so those would be the three scenes that I think are are like top notch scenes of that movie that really. Obviously, the Invisible Boy scene is great, and um, the uh, car beating up the limo or yeah. the or the Disco Boys fight yeah. is yeah. great. All these things are happening, right? I, when I say Disco Boys, yeah. and I say like the various like gangs of New York yeah. moment, yeah. Um, or uh, the Michael, Warriors. Director Michael Bay plays one of like somebody like one of the, the gangs around the table. Yeah, uh, Eddie Izzard is in there. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic yeah. movie with a power. Like the cast, you see cast members, you're like, holy buckets, you're in this movie. Yep. I think this movie was everyone making fun of superhero movies, not knowing that they would become the medium, like the medium. Not everyone's like rushing to get back into it. Yep. If they made a, a, a sequel to this movie, which they won't, but if they did, this would make this would make all the money, yeah. or it would make zero money. <laughs> it would make either all the money or zero money, like this one did, <laughs> zero money. Starting to start to wrap things up. Yes. So I'm going to ask you now, and I, this is usually something that I ask at the very beginning, but mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of touched upon it as we've gone along. 
what is this movie's impact on you? Like, yeah. why, why, why was this your choice? What is it about this movie mm. that that stands out to you? This is that real yeah. personal bit. Where yeah. It's like, why, why this dream? I because uh, you when you when you we were talking about what movie, like, hey, what movie you want to do? Like, all superheroes or comics or stuff like that. So I was like thinking, and there's a lot of superhero movies that I could have picked. Um, some of which I liked, some of which I didn't like, and we get to talk about all that stuff. But I, I, I honestly. I've now been to a bunch of cons. I'm going through the con season, right? So I've been I've been flying all over the country doing cons uh, and, and various things and meeting a bunch of people. And the one thing I think about more so than these Marvel movies, which are great and I enjoy, and the DC movies that are movies, and I enjoy some of them, um, is that that is not the majority of us. Like, the majority of us aren't Chris Hemsworth- Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, even like you know Peter Quill, and, and like all the, like the concept, even even T'Challa, like we're not these perfect beings, and I never, I never was, you know what I mean? I never was. We're not these perfect beings. We're a group of weirdos, right? We are dressing up as people we like, and these characters from these shows and movies that inspire us and we just showing up walking around wondering what we're doing like wondering what's going on uh how do we get from day to day but we want to do good we all want to be good people and i think that while um the like the big wigs the big the captain fantastics the they're the people that we aspire to be yeah the mystery men are who we are right. the mystery men are the people that we are just people with a weird skill like a weird talent that no one would think is a thing, yeah. throwing silverware, hitting someone with a shovel, and I'm going to use it for good. And that's it. And if I if if it ends up being a complete waste of time, or in some instances, very real instances, like something harm befalls me, yeah. like at least I can say that I was I was doing it to be a hero right. and not to like get corporate sponsorships or get a bunch of no 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 or get to make money for myself. It's to help. Yeah. And so that's why I think this movie has always stuck to me, even now. Like, it's 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 not the most polished thing you've ever seen, sure. but it is a movie about geeks doing good. Yeah. And that's why I love it. Yeah. It's you, your passion for this movie, like, is, is enough to really make me go, you know what? I do love this. Yeah, it's, it's I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's I'm awesome. Gonna wear, I'm going to wear the. That on my sleeve, yeah. Exactly, Mystery Men is worth the time. Put the time in, watch it, be good, listen to Smash Mouth, and know (laughs) that you've got an all star. Yeah, be an all star. Uh, nerdy music, Matt. This has been great. This has been so much fun. You are not done with this podcast, however, Ooh. until Ooh. we go through my round of questioning. All right, that I like to call the Fat Five. Fat five. Fat all right. five. Are you Easy. ready? These are five rapid fire questions. I got you. Just kind of off the top of your head. This is your Done. gauging your general love and and uh, knowledge or or a passion for movies. Okay. Question yeah. number one. One. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh my goodness! Yeah, no. That's right. Yeah. We got to start with a hard one. <laughs> favorite movie of all time. Ooh, that changes by the day. But if yeah. I'm gonna just like throw a movie out there, I know we were talking about this movie. Oh, but I'm sorry. But my favorite movie of all time. Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah, great choice. Remember the Titans. It's 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 good. It's great. 
so many memorable quotes, so many awesome people in it. Yeah. Denzel Washington can't go wrong. It's a sports movie. I don't like all sports movies, but that's my favorite one, yeah. and it's fantastic. So I can watch that every day. I wish I could say the questions are going to get easier from here, but all I'm right. to find that people struggle as we as we go along. Okay. Question number two. All right. Who is your favorite actor of all time? Your favorite male performer? Okay, my favorite male performer of all time. Oh, man, I'm gonna now. I can't stop thinking of Denzel Washington, but that's not the right answer. I think that my favorite of all time. Sure. And it, it I'm gonna say this is gonna be. This might be controversial. No. I'm gonna say Mark Hamill. Okay. I think that. Yeah, like Luke isn't like super dynamic or whatever. Yeah. But if you take it apart, the breadth of his like vocal acting and all the stuff that he's done. Like the characters that he's played, yeah. like the Joker, like the the best Joker. We can have all the conversations about Heath Ledger and, yeah, yeah. and all these other people. The best Joker is Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. Like that is just like the asterisk. It's like the best selling book of the world, the Bible, but we don't talk about it. Right. Like you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> Mark Hamill is the yeah. Joker. So I'd say Mark Hamill's my favorite actor of all time. If I could, if I if I could say anybody, it'd be yeah. him. I, I think that's a great choice because I think when you inhabit a character and bring yes. a character to life yes. in the way that he has. Be a Joker. Be it Luke. Like yeah, Luke is yeah, an iconic Luke, character. Yeah, yeah, iconic character. You, you attach that to the actor and they've done their work. They've exactly. Done their so, yeah. he, and he's in a lot of other voices too. Yeah. So it's just like he's fantastic. And he was the and he was the uh, uh, the trickster yes. in The Flash yeah. and revised his role as the trickster in The Flash in the new Flash television yeah. show. And it's still, it's still, and he finds a way to make them different than the Joker, which is great. Right. And there's a Batman in the Bold episode where he is both Mark, Ham all three, Mark Hamill, yeah. the trickster, and the Joker. They're all in a car <laughs> together and they're having a conversation. Mm, it's great. When, when cartoons do that, it's a ton of fun. It's, fun. it's there, really great. The character and the voice actor, like as a character. In the yeah. Movie, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Fun. I'm into it. Uh, question number three the flip side of that coin. Your favorite actress of all time, your favorite female performer, Viola Davis. Yeah, didn't even have to think about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like as soon as I knew you said male, I was like, oh, I was like, boom, yeah. Viola Davis, fantastic. Never been into something that I didn't like. Yeah. The best part of both Suicide Squad movies was Viola Davis. Perfect casting. You have the J. Joe Jameson casting from the Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah. um, uh, with. Uh, Oh, Jackie Simmons, yeah. uh, perfect casting, yeah. and then Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, yeah. perfect casting. There is not a single person in the world that would have been better than that. Yeah. So, uh, but and also, also other movies she's been in, right. plays, shows, television. Viola Davis, top notch. Yeah, magnificent. Uh, the question would you would assume the question here would be who's your favorite director of all time? I kind of like to twist that a little bit. Okay. If there's a director who releases a film. Mm -hmm. Who who would you go see their movie opening day? You wouldn't have to know anything about it. Just know that they're putting a movie out. Oof. Okay, a director putting on a film. I know this is going to be weird. Probably M. Night Shyamalan. Sure. Not because he's great, yeah. <laughs> but just because I kind of want to see what is happening with this dude. <laughs> Right, like you know what I mean. Like it's like it's just it's like that weird person that they're like, oh hey, Jim's doing something in the break room, and you don't know what Jim's about to do, but <laughs> you're gonna slide by the break room because this guy is weird, you know. And so it's like, like what's going what's going on? Like oh, dude, you see that giant box that Jim brought in? What's in the box? I don't know. It's moving. <laughs> it's all we know, and you just go and find it. Like I don't know. So M Night Shyamalan, 
I think I've seen every single movie he's made in theaters. I think I've liked, except for uh, Sixth Sense, I think. I was too young for that. But i seen them all. Liked some. Um, hated others. <laughs> uh, but I think I was, st- I, I, I don't, I think he's got me. Because I always know at the end it's going to be like, and guess what? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what I watched the entire first part of it. Yeah. The ending is going to be like, and they were all made of candy. And I'll be like, <laughs> yes. Why not? Why not, Mr. Shyamalan? Why not? <laughs> I, I, I yes, that's me. Uh, last question. All right, question number five. Uh, release dates are starting to kind of stable out again. So mm-hmm. we actually know that things are coming out when yep. they're supposed to come out. Yeah. What movie are you looking forward to seeing? Or is there a movie that's already come out that you have not seen that, you know, as soon as you get a chance, you're ready to, to take that one in? Yeah. Um, the movie I'm most... Okay. Hmm. I'd say most. It's, it's going to be... It's a three-way tie okay. for most excited... And it's in their Marvel and also a DC, so I'm not like super fancy. You film buffs out there, sorry. I'm going with the peanut butter and jelly version of this answer. But I am very excited to see Thor Love and Thunder. I think the Ragnarok was such a good film, and they took the character and the whole genre of that to a, such a fun direction yeah. that I'm like, all right, I want more Thor. I hated Thor 2, and I was like, I wasn't going to watch any more Thor properties. Yeah. Thor 3 came out. It's one of the best things in the MCU. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And we're going to get uh, Jane Foster Thor, like, allegedly a canon man. Like, that's amazing. I yeah. love that comic. I love that run. So I'm like, all right, you got me. Also, same thing, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Gotta go see that. Yeah. First one, obviously, iconic, changed the world, yeah. changed movie culture conversation around superhero stuff. Right. Big deal. Um, with the death of Chadwick Boseman, RIP, I'm very curious as to see what happens. Right. I hope they recast the character. I'm in that camp. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that um, by recasting the character, you're allowing black actors to have a legacy. We've had a lot of Superman, we have a lot of Batman. Uh, there's no reason for the character to die with that one person. And so I, I hope they think, like, we have how many Spider-Men? Like, yeah. I think let's we can keep T'Challa around. Um, and then just maybe focus on some other characters if you want to, sure. uh, to give people time to like, still like read that. But that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. And the third one is probably second Shazam that, that was released. Because I like Captain Marvel. I thought the first one, even though I don't like the snot-nosed punk version of Billy Batson, yeah. I thought that was so good. They did exactly what they needed to do, um, and uh, we'll see kind of like what kind of weird magical stuff's going to happen with the DC universe now. Yeah. And like, I think that if now the Schneider cut kind of like threw things in a little bit of a wax, people were like, "Well, maybe we want more dark stuff again." And I was like, "No, <laughs> I want more Fortnite references from this large man." <laughs> like, I I want the I want the scene where. Superman and Captain Marvel are talking and he slowly starts to realize that this grown man is weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, this is my best friend, Billy. And it's like, Billy's eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or the scene, or more realistically, because how people age, it will be like, uh, who wants to be on Wonder Woman's team? Me, 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 Captain Marvel, me, 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 please. And and everyone's like, man, this is this guy is a little 
much. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So I'm excited for uh, Shazam 2 Electric Boogaloo. And if they don't call it Shazam 2 Electric Boogaloo, they are wrong. Yeah. 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 We at least pay homage to Brady. Right? Yeah. Everybody needs to. Electric Electricity. He has a lightning bolt strikes him. It's so good. You have to strike the letters. The letters will come up. I'm doing your work for you, DC. I'm doing your work. Uh, Nerdine music. Yes. This has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much Matt, for having thank me. thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Yes. One more time, where can people find you online, be it uh, your, your website to find your music or social media? Yes, you can find me everywhere at Nerdy Rocks. That's N-U-R-D Rocks all over the place. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's TikTok. Uh, which is apparently super fun now. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, nerdyrocks.com. If you want to find my website, you can have a link to my merch store. So if you like cool geek clothes and fanny packs and things of that nature, you'll be able to find it there. And also justicefrontlineaid.org if you're looking to get involved with any of the activist, uh, activist work that I do. And ultimately, just be great to yourself. This is that's what it's all about. You are awesome. You're well, awesome. Thank you very that, much. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say you're awesome. I'll keep, uh, keep banging that drum. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for everyone who showed up here at, at Supercon. It's been awesome to uh, uh, have you here. For those of you listening at home, thank you for listening. Uh, please feel free to like, subscribe, uh, share, follow all things Fat Dude Digs Flicks. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere social media is had at Fat Dude Digs Flicks. Subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast. You can do that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere your pods can be caught. By subscribing to this podcast, not only do you get the new season of Let's Talk About, but you will also get the Criterion Break with Andy and Blake and Derek. And whoever else fills in, yeah. uh, but, but it's, it's probably we're probably gonna we're probably gonna three prong it from now on. I feel like that's just the way to go. Uh, but it has been a, a, an absolute joy to have this conversation with you, uh, and thank you everyone so so much for listening. Yay. And that is it. Bah, 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 bah. We did it. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.